A tireless campaigner hoping to see more women in the Papua New Guinea Parliament, Dame Carol Kidu says she's quietly optimistic there will be successes in the coming election. Nominations for the elections in July are due to start this week and a record number of women candidates is expected. There have been just seven women elected to the PNG Parliament in its nearly 50 years of existence, with none in the current Parliament. Dame Carroll was a cabinet minister for three terms, finishing in 2012, but has been active since, campaigning for more women MPs. Don Wiseman asked her how confident she is that more women might break through. I'm cautiously optimistic we will get some women in, not lots of them, but some will. I'm cautiously optimistic some will get in. But it's a very hard road now. It's a different scenario from when I was in politics. Is it a harder road than it was even for you? Oh, harder. Yeah, definitely harder because it's gone very strongly to big, what we call big man politics, tribal politics and money politics. That excludes many women. They just don't have the money to compete with the men when you think of their electorates. I mean, they have to travel to remote areas. They need helicopters, vehicles if there are roads available. They need outboard motors and dinghies. And they just don't have the logistical support that they need to get out there. Some of them have been really walking the talk for several months now, walking the mountains and things. And they certainly deserve to win. And they have the capacity to do a good job in there if they, you know, if they can adapt to Parliament. You've been involved with the training exercise through the ANU uh, to try and get more women in. So what did that involve? I've been advising the development partners for a long time that having workshops in hotels with all the aspiring candidates and teaching them about politics in a Western sense and the ideal sense, it's good for them, but it will not win them elections. Winning elections is a different matter in all countries. I've been saying you're targeting wrongly. We've got to get into community and we've got to change mindsets in community and get the mindset away from the idea that Parliament House is a house man and it's not for women. And also getting away from the the money and the now a lot of money is spent. Nowadays in politics, there's a lot of money spent. Huge amounts of money are spent encouraging people to vote in certain ones. I, ways. I mean... So is money spent in Australia, New Zealand, all sorts of countries. But this is kind of more blatant and more direct. It's unlikely that you're going to change it, Um, though, are you? No, but there is this feeling in the communities, in the few that I've been to, that there's been a strong feeling coming through that people are tired of backing men because they feel nothing has changed in their lives by voting for men. And... Our slogan has been vote women for change and and trying to focus on women who have done well in the past but not quite made it. Women who have been in the first five or first ten in, in, the, in an election. And knowing that in Papua New Guinea, over 40 people usually stand for each electorate. So to get into the first five or ten, you're doing pretty well. And so we've been focusing on those women going into their some of their communities in remote areas, working with the communities and working with their campaign team. But I have to be careful not to campaign. It's been awareness that I've been doing, awareness about what our constitution says about women in politics, awareness about the advantages of having women in, in parliament. So... The training you did, you were talking about taking it away from the hotels and making it a less formal thing, getting into the communities. What did you say to these aspiring politicians? No, no, no. I didn't say to the aspiring politicians. I I said it to their coordinators, 
to their communities. Sometimes the aspiring politicians were not there. They helped organize it all, but we had to be very careful that it did not look like Australian aid was funding female candidates. I was working with their communities and trying to influence the mindset and helping their coordinators and their teams, their campaign teams on little tricks they could use to try to change mindsets, information that they could use to try to change people's mindsets. I was not working directly with the candidates when I went to community. Parallel with this, I also had mentoring sessions and we call it uh, mentoring circles where the whole, the group of the women, they'd come together at my place in Moresby and we would do mentoring circles and then I would be working directly with the candidates. But out in the community, they were kind of not too obvious because it could cause questions uh, because it was funded by well, what was AusAid by DFAD, Foreign Affairs right. of Trade Australia? Given that it's, it's this very male-centred activity, traditionally anyway, what sort of support are you getting from the men? Because if you're going to get the women in, you, they're going to have to have the support of some men, aren't they? At the community meetings and the coordinator meetings, I had more men than women. It was really very encouraging. A lot of very good, strong men, councillors and people who are there supporting the women. That's why I am cautiously optimistic we might break through this time. So when I was working in community, it was more men than women, actually, in most areas. Oh, that's interesting. And so, yeah, it was very interesting. And they were making the statement, why has this never been done before? Why hasn't our own government been doing these education programs? Because they had no idea that our national constitution is very clear in Goal 2, Directive Principle 5, that women citizens must have equal rights in politics, et cetera, et cetera, you know. And it was kind of, you, used, you could literally see the lights going on and thinking, wow, we didn't know this. And there was yeah. a feeling of anger and frustration in some areas. Hmm. Why have we never heard this before, you know? For a long time, there's been talk of reserved seats in PNG. I know that there was a very large yeah. campaign at about the time that you yourself pulled out of politics. Yeah, yeah, I did a very big campaign in my final term. But, but it, came, it, it came to nothing. Yeah, in the recent parliament, again, there was an attempt to have some reserve seats, but it did not get passed in parliament. It was not endorsed. But several new electorates have been formed. They've split some of the electorates and created seven new electorates. So that makes the space for women even less. So we need to really work on getting them in through the electorate process. In Bougainville, of course, yeah. you know Bougainville very well, and they have reserved seats for women. And there's been a sense at times that those women have been marginalised in those reserved seats. But now the situation in Bougainville is that there are five women of the 39 MPs, there are five yep. women in Parliament. So interesting, yeah. isn't it? Two one in the open seats yeah. against the men. So it's it's really quite encouraging.